chosen to be with us today as we have come together again to worship our Heavenly Father and to study some more from His Word tonight. You know, last year during the Sunday night service, we looked at different characters, and this year we're going to be continuing on a theme of the battle belongs to the Lord. And I think that uh, one of the greatest books in the entire Bible that portrays the battle belongs to the Lord is found in the Old Testament. It's the book of Joshua. And so what I want to do is not necessarily go through the book of Joshua step by step this year, but what we want to do is spend some time in the book of Joshua to learn about the Lord and how he is, uh, the battle does belong to him. And so we'll begin that study tonight and thinking about some things. And I'll ask you, if you have your Bible, to turn to the book of Joshua chapter number one. Joshua chapter one. We'll look at a few things from that chapter tonight, and then we'll move on to some additional things uh, as we think about uh, the rest of the year. But I want to ask you a question tonight, and I want you to think about it. And I know that there are going to be a multitude of answers that you could give, but I'm going to ask you tonight, what's one of the greatest needs that we have in the church today? One of the greatest needs that we have in the church today. Now, I'm not going to go around or anything and ask you to say it out loud. And I know you probably have something in your mind, but let me share one thing that I believe one of the greatest needs is that we have in the church today. We need great leaders. Now, as you think about a leader and someone in the church who is a leader, probably one of the first things that's going to come to your mind is elders or leaders. It may be that you think about deacons and those who are servants are deacons and, and, and they are leaders to some degree. And Somebody might say, well, you know, preachers are leaders as well or Bible class teachers. Uh, they're all leaders of sorts. But all of us, as we think about that, we need to look at those offices. We need to look at those works and understand that God has put them in place. They, they are leaders. They are God-ordained in, in uh, uh, essence to do the work of the church, to do the work of the Lord here on this earth. But I want to call to your attention this fact tonight. I want you to understand that someone is following you. I don't care who you are tonight. I don't care if you're a man, you're a woman, if you're young, if you're old. Someone is following you. And because someone is following you, guess what? That makes you a leader. You are leading someone along the path of life. Now, our whole theme for the years, the battle belongs to the Lord. We're going to be looking at different challenges, different things. And, and one of the things later on, we're going to be looking at elders and deacons and talking about some of their work and different things in regard to that. And, and, and we'll talk about it and study that later on. But, but tonight, as we think about the challenges that people face, some of those that I mentioned this morning, some of those that you thought about today, we're the ones who have God's Word. We're the ones who have the solutions to a lot of the world's problems. And we need to be leading people in the right direction. We need to be leading them back to the Lord. We need to be leading them ultimately to heaven. And so I believe tonight that one of the greatest needs that we have in the Lord's church 
is great leaders. Yes, we need great elders. Yes, we need great deacons. Yes, we need great preachers. Yes, we need great Bible class teachers. But every one of us needs to be a great leader to someone else. Whether we're a leader of a number of people or a leader of a few, we need to be a great leader. Now, if you have your Bible, hold your finger there in the book of Joshua, chapter number 1, and you may turn back, if you will, to, uh, to chapter the, the 34th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. And, and let's just look there for just a moment. The Bible says, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him, so the people of Israel obeyed him, and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now we're looking at near the end of the book of Deuteronomy, and Moses has died, but the Bible speaks about the new leader of the children of Israel. You see, God had ordained Joshua to be the new leader of the children of Israel. It, it fell upon him to, to take the place of this great man who had given them the law, this man who had gone up on the mountain, this man who had seen God, whom God had allowed to see his hind, his back, and, and all of those things. Now Joshua has the leadership position of all of these people. He was the leader of God's people. And as the leader of God's people, I believe that there are some things that we can learn from Him. And tonight what I want us to do is look at three or four things that we can learn from this man who was a great leader that will help us, every one of us, all of us, who, who lead someone along life's pathway, there are some things that we can learn from Him that will help us to be better leaders, to make us great leaders of other people. And so tonight, what are some of the things that we can learn? Well, number one, as we think about that, I want you to understand Joshua was a prepared man. He was prepared for the work that he was given to do. Now, how do I know that? Well, look at Joshua chapter 1 at verse number 1. The Bible says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, now, mark these last two words in the English Standard Translation, Moses' assistant. God is about to give this leadership position to this man Joshua, but notice the position that he had held prior to what he was doing. He was Moses' assistant. You know, during the years as they were wandering through the wilderness, Joshua was one of the men who stood at Moses' side quite often. Joshua was one of the men who apprenticed, if you will, under this great leader, Moses. And because of his apprenticeship with Moses, because he had watched this great man lead God's people, he had seen him lead in a great way. He had also seen some of the mistakes that he had made and he shouldn't have made and, and he should, Joshua should learn from him not to make the same mistakes. He is now prepared better to be the leader of God's people, to help them go in and to conquer the promised land, to, to actually divide the land out and get the inheritance that God was giving them. He was the apprentice, the assistant, if you will, of Moses. You know, we need to be preparing leaders, don't we? We need to be preparing leaders from a, from a very young age. And, and we have some great things that are going on here at Midway that helps to do that. Y'all ever heard of that little program that we, we sometimes go up to Nashville and have a convention, lads to 
leaders or lads to leaders and leaderettes. And the work that's being done by, by Connor and so many others in preparing our young people, you see, that's helping them to, to, to be great leaders not only in the future, but it's helping them to develop them to be great leaders even today. You know, one of the things that we do on Wednesday nights, we've started doing this just in the last few months, and, and our young men, you know, will come back in and, and they'll get up and they'll lead a verse of a song. You know what that's doing? That's training them to be a song leader later on, but, but it's also training them to be a great leader in the church. And, and we do that not just on Wednesday nights, we do it on singing nights, you know, the fourth Sunday night. We have a lot of things that we're doing with our young people, and I appreciate all of the things that we're doing with our young boys in particular. But may I ask us tonight, what can we do, ladies, that, that can help to prepare young girls to be better servants, to be better leaders? You know, we need to be thinking about not just the men, but we need to be thinking about the ladies as well. And so we need to begin preparing at an early age. But you know what? We also need to continue preparing and growing leaders in their adult years as well, don't we? A lot of times we depend on the young folks to, to do a lot of things, and we expect our young people to do a lot of things. But, but we who are older, you know, we need to also be willing to continue our our preparation and our growth in being a, a leader. Again, I'm so proud of our men who, who are taking part in our devotionals on Wednesday nights. We'll begin doing that again here in just a few uh, uh, days. And, uh, and so many who are, who are uh, preparing devotionals for Sunday, the fourth Sunday nights. And I'm proud of the men who are going out and filling the pulpits and other congregations and you know it's making an impact and an impression on other people. I'm proud of our song leaders. I'm proud of our Bible class teachers. We need to continue preparing for growth, for leadership, even in our adult years. But tonight may I ask you a question. How? How can we continue to prepare ourselves to be leaders in every facet of life? Let me share a few things with us tonight, about five, that I think will help us. Number one, as we prepare ourselves to become leaders in every facet of life, we've got to determine that we want to prepare to be a leader. I can't imagine any Christian who would not want to prepare himself or herself to be a leader of other people, to help them to do the things that, that God would want them to do. Uh, but we've got to have the want to. From time to time, it does seem that there are those who who don't want to, and we need to encourage those folks. We need to help them see the need to develop themselves because you know what? Somebody's following them if the only thing they're doing is sitting on a pew. They're following them to sit beside them or maybe even behind them or maybe even to sit at home because they haven't seen growth and involvement. And so if we want to prepare, we've got to determine that we want to. And I believe that's the first step. Number two, I think we have to remind ourselves every day that we are leaders. Perhaps we forget that. We think about the leaders being the elders and the deacons, but somebody's following us, and I've got to remind myself, it may be my children that are following me. It may be my neighbor, it may be my husband or my wife or someone else, you know, but I've got to remind myself, somebody's coming behind me. 
And if I don't think about that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to improve as much as I need to. I'm not going to prepare myself to be the kind of leader that I need to be. And so I determine I want to, and I prepare, I remind myself every day, but then I read and I study. Well, preacher, what are you talking about? You harp on reading the Bible all the time and studying the Bible? Yeah, we need to do that for sure. But you know what? Good books that help us develop, Christian books that help us develop our, our life skills, the, the things that we need for life as well, we need to study. We need to learn. We need to read. We need to, to know better. What about, what about men and women who are successfully showing others how to follow the path of God? Well, maybe we can learn some things from them by reading and studying and imitating the proficient and efficient leaders that we see. Again, a proficient leader is a leader who is, uh, who is one who is competent and skilled, and an efficient leader is one who is uh, achieving maximum productivity. And that's what we're wanting, isn't it? And, and then not only that, but may I suggest that in preparation that we practice, we practice, and we practice. You know, there are three things that they say in, in real estate that, that makes real estate what it really is. Somebody can tell us what those three things are. Location, location, location. One of the things that helps us to be great Christians and great leaders is to practice, practice, practice. And so we need never to forget those things. Those things will help us. But what about those who are already leaders? Well, let me give us two things, and they're not going to be on the screen tonight, but continue to groom and those who would be your successors, those who are coming along behind you, and then, again, be willing to provide direction. You see, we started this discussion out by saying that Joshua was a prepared man. Why? Well, that first verse of the book of Joshua, chapter 1, says he was Moses' assistant. Secondly tonight, as we think about Joshua and being a great leader, a, a strong leader, we need to remember that Joshua was strong and courageous. Strong and courageous. Four times at least in chapter number one, Joshua is reminded by God to be strong and courageous. Look at, uh, look at these different ones. Look at verse number six. The Bible says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, I would remind you tonight that that is God speaking to Joshua. He's giving him instructions. Joshua, be strong and courageous. Look at, if you continue reading in that section, that same section there, verse number 7, what you'll find, the Bible says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Only be strong and courageous. Look again, if you will, in verse number 9 of that same chapter. The Bible says, Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Three times in these, these verses right here, God has already said, be strong and be courageous. Look again, on down in the chapter to verse number 18, 
And you find that God again says, whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. We could spend a lot of time tonight in talking about what it means to be strong. Let me just say that to be a strong leader, to be a courageous leader, uh, takes backbone. We've got to have a, a backbone that's willing to stand. But how is it that we can learn to be strong? Again, let me suggest six things to us tonight as we do that. Number one on our list, when you, when you fear, trust. In other words, let your faith be greater than your doubt. Along the way, we're going to sometimes have doubt as to whether we can accomplish what we need to accomplish. But when we're fearful in that way, we need to trust and let our faith in God, who owns the battle already, we need to let our faith in Him be strong, stronger, greater than our doubt. Number two, when we, when we feel all is impossible, we need to know that God, the God of all things, or that with God all things are possible. He has the power. He has the might to be able to accomplish. And again, he's promised to be with us. And he owns the battle. Number three, when we feel all alone, we need to remember all of the people who've stood strong before we've had the opportunity even to be strong. Go back sometime and read the book of Hebrews chapter number 12, those first few verses there in Hebrews chapter 12. You, you remember that he starts out that chapter by talking about that, that great cloud of witnesses. And he has talked about in chapter number 11 all of these faithful men and women who have lived life and, and, and they've gone through so much and yet they stood strong, they stood courageous, uh, they're held up by God as being great leaders. We sometimes need to remember those who have already made it, those who went through so much, Paul and, and so many others that we read about in the Word of God. And you know what? It's not just those who are in the Bible, in the pages of God's Word. Many of us who have grown up in the Lord's church, we can, we can look back through the years and we can remember the spiritual giants on whose shoulders we're standing. And they went through so much to accomplish things that help us to be where we are right now even. And so remember all those who stood strong before you. But then again, as we continue to prepare ourselves to be strong and courageous, we need to remember that we cannot, must not limit our thoughts to, to superficial matters. When we start thinking about the superficial matters of life, you know, when, when we're more concerned with the Kardashians than we are with, with uh, uh, life in uh, uh, eternity, uh, something's wrong, isn't it? We need to remember that the superficial things of life are temporary. Uh, they're only going to last at best for our lifetime, for us, and then they're gone. I don't know if you have ever heard of the preacher uh, Francis Chan or not. 
He is a denominational preacher, but I saw it on Facebook the other day. I've seen this before and read it before. But he has one of the greatest illustrations of eternity that I've ever seen. What he has is a a long rope. And that rope is just extended out, you know, as far as you can see. And then on the end of that rope, he has a little bit of red tape put on. And he holds it up, he's talking about it, and he says, this, where the red tape is, is your life. This is also your life, but this is what you're living, this little red part, is what you're living on this earth. The rest is in eternity. And he's holding that up and he's talking about it. And man, you just think about that now. Our life is so... He says we get so caught up in thinking about this much of our life. And we forget about the rest of it. We don't need to let the superficial things guide us in our life. Next on our list tonight as we continue our thoughts... If we want to develop into a strong leader, uh, we must not allow the expectations of others to be our guiding force. What people say, what people do, what people think we ought to do, how they think we ought to act, that can't be our guiding force. You see, we can't be pleasers of men. We must be pleasers of God. And He's the only one who counts anyway, and in the long run, isn't it? But so many times we get caught up in what other people say, what other people think. If we want to be a leader, we've got to remember who's important. We can't let the expectations of other people be our guiding force. But then last of all, we need to remember that persistence pays off. We can't quit. We've got to keep pushing forward and moving forward, being the strong leader that God expects us to be. And so the second thing that we learned about Joshua and his leadership that applies to every single one of us because somebody's following along behind us is that we have to remember to be strong and courageous. But number three, Joshua was a man of the Word. A man of the Word of God. Again, look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. The Bible says, only be strong and very courageous. We've we'll already read those words. And then it goes on and says, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Notice what he said there. Think about what he said. He said, do according to all the law that Moses had commanded. What was it? Well, it was that Ten Commandment law plus those, all those other 613 Jewish scholars say, all of those other things that, that were written. And he said, remember to do all of that and then don't deviate from it. Don't turn 
from that law to the right hand or to the left. And keep it in your heart. Well, let's see if we can sum it up. Whenever we think about Joshua being a man of God's word, we need to remember that God's word governed his mind. He meditated on it. We've got to put it up there in order to be able to meditate on it. God's word is our guiding light. Your word is a light into my feet and a lamp to my pathway. God's word must be a guide. When you make your decisions of life, what do you consult? Who do you consult? Where do you look for the answer for the decision that you're making? I don't care what the decision is. Where are you looking? Joshua looked to God. And that's where we need to look as well. Joshua was a man of God's word and from the standpoint that not only did he let it govern his mind and his mouth, but he obeyed it. He obeyed God's word. Read through the book of Joshua. Uh, you know, it won't take long for you to do that. And again, we're going to spend some time in the book of Joshua this year. But Joshua obeyed God's word. He learned a lot of things from his mentor Moses. And being obedient to God was one of those things. We must do that as well. Not only that, but being a man of God's word, God made it clear that he was to speak his word. To speak the word. And then not only that, it was also to be written on his heart. He was to meditate on it day and night. But then last of all, he was not to deviate from it. Not to turn to the right hand nor to the left. You've heard those lessons over and over if you've been a part of the body of Christ for any amount of time at all. All of those things are, are common things that we talk about. But I want us to remember tonight, that's one of the things, one of the reasons that we read the book of Joshua. He was a great leader, but he was a man. He was a great leader because he was a man of the Word. But then last of all tonight, I want us to understand something else about Joshua. He was magnetic. Now I'm not talking about him being something like an iron man or anything like that and uh, he walked around, you know, wherever there was metal and he just jumped up there. But he was a magnetic kind of person. Uh, look, if you will, to Joshua chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. There the Bible says, Joshua has addressed the people. He says, And they answered Joshua, All that you have commanded us we will do. And wherever you send us we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commandment and disobeys your words, whatever you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Do you see the fellowship that these people were willing to give this man? They had seen him by Moses' side. They, their fathers at least and mothers, they had heard as he had stood strong whenever they came back from spying out the land. He is along with Caleb. One of the only two men who was able to enter the promised land who had been over the age of 40 years old. But people were willing to follow. Whatever you do, Whatever you say, we'll do it. Wherever you send us, we'll go. 
And if somebody refuse it, refuses to do it, then he'll be executed. We will follow you. How do we become magnetic people? Four things let me share with you tonight. Number one, be authentic. Be authentic. One of the things that millennials, you know, those younger group of people that we talk about, we got Generation X, we've got baby boomers, and now we've got millennials that have come on the scene. One of the things that, that they're very keen on, we'll just use word, an old word, one of the things that they expect people to be is authentic. Nobody likes a fake. You either believe it or you don't. You either obey it or you don't. There's no halfway in between. We want authentic people. Genuine. Genuinely concerned about others. Genuinely concerned about God's Word. Genuinely obeying God's Word. Not just putting on a face. I said, the millennials, they like those people, those kinds of people. And they expect that and demand that. And if you read the, the literature that, that describes the, the, the millennials, that's one of the things that's right up here at the top. Now, if we've got some of those young people in here, I want them to stop their ears up because, you know, they think they're the ones who came up with that. You know, we tried to practice that long before I was even born. As a matter of fact, I read about it in the New Testament. In the book of Matthew, chapter 15, at verse number 8, Jesus quoted from Isaiah, who had lived hundreds of years before him. And you know what he said? He talked about those people who drew near with their mouth, but their heart was far from him. Uh, Those are not genuine people. They're not authentic people. And you know what God said? I don't like them either. Because in the very next verse, Matthew chapter 15, verse 9, after describing this group of people who, were, who drew near to him with their mouth, they, they talked about being right with God, but their heart wasn't. God said, but in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. You see, their worship was futile. It was not accepted by God because they weren't authentic. If we want to be magnetic, we've got to be authentic. We believe it or we don't. We obey it or we don't. But there's no middle ground. You know, even even little kids, they can spot that, can't they? They, they can tell when mom and daddy are saying one thing and doing another. We can't live like that if we want to be the kinds of leaders that God wants us to be. Unfortunately, a lot of times people try to do that. And even though we've given it a new name, we said we need to be authentic, 
People just called them hypocrites a long time ago. You see, that'll force people away, not draw people in. Number two, be enthusiastic. Nobody wants to follow somebody who just doesn't want to go themselves. Right? I'm I'm going to heaven. Well, it at least looked like you're excited about it. You know, don't be an Eeyore. Ain't he the one that's the... I used to hear it this way. Sometimes Christians looked like they were... They were weaned on a dill pickle. A sour look on their face. How enthusiastic are we about where we're going? Now, if you're not going in the right direction and your life is headed toward eternal destruction. Now, I don't want you to get too excited about that, about going that direction. Maybe you need to get excited about turning your life around. But if you're a Christian and you're walking in the light that we read about in the book of 1 John chapter 1, and you're enjoying the fellowship of God... Let people who are following you know that. We ought to be the most joyful people in all of the world. I know you've heard that before. But we ought to. To be sour. To be grumpy. To be gruff. All the time. It's to push people away not draw people in. Joshua was magnetic. Be enthusiastic. Be optimistic as well. You know, nobody wants to to be a pessimist or wants to be around a pessimist either. Optimistic. You know, some people, they can't do anything because they don't think they can. I used to hear this saying when I was growing up and you probably heard something similar to it before. Can't never could do anything. Any of y'all ever heard that? A lot of folks are pessimistic. They don't believe they can, and they get frustrated. They get angry because they don't think they can, and when they don't think they can, they can't. Be optimistic. It'll make you happier. It'll make people want to be around you more. Number four, be kind. Be kind. No matter what the situation, do your best to be kind. Sometimes it's hard to be kind. I may have told you this before, but back in, I guess it was 1988, Alan Hires debated Gibbon Blakely up in the Osho, Missouri. Well, during the daytime, there were some lectures that were going on over in the Osho, Missouri, or over in uh, Joplin, Missouri. Brother Hugo McCord got up to speak, and he finished his lecture, but then he stood back up, and he said, I forgot some things. He said, I need to, I need to say, if you ever knew Brother McCord, he had this, this kind voice. And one of the things he said when he got back up, you know, it was a pretty, pretty hard thing that he was going to discuss, and he said, 
And Sister McCord reminded me, be firm but kind. Be firm but kind. Sometimes we have to be firm, but we can always do our best to be kind. Those are some things that will help us to be magnetic so that people will want to follow along behind us as we lead them in the right direction. Again, every single one of us is leading someone. Every single one of us has someone, whether they're a little, peop- little person, a young person, maybe an older person, maybe they're a family member, maybe they're just somebody at church that, that we haven't really realized that thinks a lot of us. We're leading somebody. One of the greatest things that we need in the Lord's church today is great leaders. You see, even, even God has people here on this earth. We are His hands, we are His feet to do His work here on this earth. The battle belongs to Him. But you know, sometimes He needs some helpers to get people in the right spot even for Him to accomplish His will. Maybe you're here tonight and you know that you need to follow the Lord. He is the greatest leader of all. You need to put your Lord on in baptism or you need to come back to Him tonight, whatever the case might be. If you need to do that, if you need to study more about it, we'd love to do that. But if you know what you need to do tonight, we encourage you to do it right now. As together we stand as we sing. Fear only trust and do
trust and obey. I want to thank you again for being here this evening.